Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sniffs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the Night Men Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. And Rob, I'm fuming. I've got to say, I'm absolutely fuming. Uh, Rob and I have just been talking for about 45 minutes. I've not been very nice, I've got to be honest. There's um, been some expletives before there that we obviously cannot say on YouTube or on the hey, show. So we have to get it out. I, I tag this as not for kids. So, <laughs> you know... It, uh, well, we're, we're back here again, everyone. We're back here again. We are in the midst of players saying this manager makes me run too much and this manager doesn't know what he's doing and this manager signed Rasmus Hoyland and why did he sign him? And, well, we'll, we'll talk through what's happening in the world of Man United as they play Chelsea tomorrow. We're fresh off the back of a 1-0 hammering against Newcastle. And the way it's looking, we are in endgame again for another manager. You look at the next week or two, it's Chelsea, there's Bournemouth, maybe win that one. There's the potential to go out of the Champions League against Bayern Munich at home. And then there's Liverpool at Anfield. And I identified weeks and weeks ago that December 16th, 17th, whenever it is, might be the final nail in the Ten Hag coffin if he can't turn it around. The only thing that might change course here is the fact that the confirmation of who runs this football operation might change within the next 10 days. It's coming. Something like that. It is coming. Mm-hmm. And you'd think that Ineos, Sir Jim, Dave Brailsford, this lot are looking at this and thinking, I've seen this before. Cause I certainly have. And you have too, Rob. Seen it all before. It's quite interesting, Scott, isn't it? Like last week, I was the one angry at stuff and you were telling me, oh, it's chill, Rob. Don't worry about it. It makes us feel different week to week, doesn't it, this football team? Is that you watch them and you also, you hear obviously a lot of the rumblings from behind the scenes and it's just a big, sweaty, horrible mess. Like you look at it and there's nothing there that's kind of appealing about this this set of players. Um, And another bad defeat, like, you know, talk about the Newcastle game then, look ahead to Chelsea. Just very samey things, Scott, that have been there for months, even years, that I think Ten Hag is having to juggle all the time. 
what you're seeing here, Scott, is the art of management being tested till it's full function. Is that Tenog is good at some stuff, Scott. He's getting some stuff not quite right, but it is the players. It's the players here. The players are doing the same issues here, the same problems, attitudes, running for a little bit, not running for a little bit, looking like they know what they're doing. They're not looking like they know what they're doing. When you play Newcastle, Scott, you just look like they're all doing the same thing. They all know what they're doing. They're all running for their manager. The tactics are Newcastle's in place. Newcastle's probably the worst game they could have had as well because you totally. know that Newcastle will bring that. Yeah. I, in spite I would... of all their injuries. United have a lot of injuries. So do Newcastle. And Newcastle have played the same team for three, four games in a row. And they still, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you can tell. I even knew within the first five, ten minutes that one team was winning this game. Definitely. And, uh, it was obviously Newcastle. But I felt that a week ago when we talked about the Newcastle game, I said I was worried. And the reason why I was worried is that even though Newcastle have got injuries, Man United have got injuries, you're seeing maybe the way that one team deals with that and how another team deals with it is that with Newcastle with the injury, Scott, players are stepping up because this is my opportunity. I've got a chance now or I'm a kid. I've been dropped into the mix. Yeah, I, I might not be completely ready for this, but I'm going to give it a go. And you're in that situation. I think with Man United, it's the opposite way is that when they get injuries, they're all a little bit tearful. It's like, oh, my mate's not here today. We've been practicing this for weeks and now we can't do it. And you don't get the same response. So I think that's tough for Ten Hag, but he has to find ways to make this team better. And there's conversations to be had about that as well. Just before we do start this, we are looking at the result of a broken culture, a rotten hmm. culture to the very core. And I will, like, before we talk about the manager and this kind of thing, whether you want to say your piece as well, Rob, to me, this is mismanagement from the from the top. Right from the top. I've said it a few times. If you want to get rid of cancer, you have to remove it. You have mm -hmm. to eliminate it completely. Otherwise, it will spread. And what we're seeing is there's new players join this club and they become part of the problem because that attitude already exists. Nemanja Matic has done an interview that's mm -hmm. floating around and he said Paul Pogba and Jaden Sancho used to be late all the time. Mm -hmm. And it, as professionals, we used to be quite mad at that. Mm -hmm. And that's been allowed to foster and rub off on other people. So when you're seeing all of these new signings to become enveloped by the problems that every single Man United team over the last 10 years has faced, it's because it not, it's not been addressed. It's not been addressed. You can't escape it unless you rip it out. You have to destroy it and start again. And that's the position I'm in for me. That's the position that Eric Ten Hag is probably in. But the problem is eight of the 11 that played at Newcastle were there for previous managers. Eight of those players, plus there's Cobby and there's uh, Garnacho as well, they were all there. Ten Hag, what, one new sign-in played that game, and Ten Hag is relying on those players that Ralph Ranić said, this club requires open-heart surgery to move forward. They didn't mm -hmm. do it. They bought some players. They papered over the cracks, and yet you see yourself in this situation again, and United will not move forward until that is addressed. And I'm looking at, like, to me, I'm, I've, I've said this, I've maintained this all along. I'm not going to blame the manager here. He, he does have his faults, but my energy is going towards the players because that is the thing that you need to fix, because they will do this to the next guy. They will do it to the last guy. They've done it to the last guy. They did it to the guy before. And this is this is the cycle that we see <coughs> at Man United. And I'm losing my voice. 
Tickled. <laughs> Scott's getting emotional there. So join us on YouTube and you'll be able to see that he was almost crying then at that point. I wasn't actually. I just he was. Let's just tell people he was. <laughs> Let's tell me you're like. Come to YouTube, have a look at that and watch Scott cry. Look, I, I feel everything Scott's saying there and, I, and I, I'm with, with him all the way. Um, it is the players and fundamentally in football, whether you win or lose... It's the players. Like, if things go well, yes, you can have a manager when things work that sings and dances. Again, you take a, a kind of Guardiola-type character, a Klopp-type character, and when it goes well, everyone is happy. When it's Rob, not going so well, go on. I have some breaking news here. The Manchester Evening News and other outlets have been banned from Eric Ten Hag's press conference today by the comms director, Andrew Ward. Good, because... And do you know what, right? Okay, I say good. So I have to explain myself as a journalist. Let's let's be straight about this. We've heard a lot of stories, obviously, in the last 24, 48 hours. And then we kind of dig back with Scott. We talk to contacts and most of it isn't true. You get the, the tidbits that people are not happy. But I think that's very easy to interpret when you're watching game football like Newcastle. Like we're looking at Newcastle. We could talk about body language to a blue in the face, Scott. You could tell that players are not happy, yeah? If they're being banned from the presser, I think that probably means that Manchester United will be coming forthcoming with a statement. And it probably also means that Eric Ten Hag will be talking about that, won't he? So this team needs to publicly back its manager. And this manager has to publicly show that these people are going to run for him. There has to be some connectivity. Now, I do think, Scott, this season, some of that has broken down. I don't think that's, that's a pretense. I think we see it both tactically, effort, all sorts, individual performances. We can do a little bit about Marcus Rashford soon because I think everyone is talking about Marcus. But that's interesting that that breaking news has just come, isn't it? Because obviously the presser is on its way. And that's a it's a bad look for Manchester Evening News. Do you know what I mean? A, a, an organisation that has that connections to Manchester United for many, many seasons. And there usually is a trust between those elements. For Man United to do that, Scott, that is a kind of Fergie move. That's the kind of thing Fergie used to do. Fergie would be like, you step on our toes and you, you lie, goodbye. And in fact, Fergie would do it for anything. Like you could sip your water wrong in his presser and he would go get out of my press conference. <laughs> you know, but he had that power because he was Sir Alex Ferguson. For that to kind of break now, that's a that's a big piece of kind of press news in the industry because Manchester News, their bread and butter is Manchester United. That's everything to them. They need. They don't even need to be in the press of Scott to get what they want. Like, let's be honest. But to be publicly banned like that, it's quite interesting, isn't it? I'm sure that they will feed off that for a good little while yet. Yeah. Um, but what we're seeing, and what we have seen over the last two days, <clears throat> is players turning on the manager again, or the perceive the perception of players turning on the manager in the press again. Yes. What Ten Hag has to do here, and I, th I think this is we, this will be this show will be about how does Ten Hag get out of this because he is on a fast a fast track to sack. Like yes. that that is where he's going at the moment. We've seen this time and time again. No manager has survived this. I don't think I've ever seen this. Have you? In what context? In in terms of like managers in the last ten years or so, when it gets to this point, banning <laughs> certain press outlets from the from the press conference. Uh I think sometimes Scott, the press, especially in football, has a there is a perception there that they're they're more powerful than they should be. So I think quite often is that football clubs look at the press, and Man United have done this, Scott. Yeah, this is the truth: is that United have had these connections in the wider press to to kind of preach their own gospel. Yeah, this is who we are, and they've not really done that in in a very nice way. Sometimes Scott, we journalists, they haven't. They've been, you know, arrogant, 
backwards. They've not done it very well. I think when you look at this, Scott, we know that this morning, because we were talking about it off camera, that there was a Manchester Evening News article that went out and we didn't like it, did we? You didn't like it. I didn't like it. And you read some of that stuff and the club will, will look at it, Scott, and they should react. They should look at this stuff and go, no, you don't get your hits and clicks from us through either lies or taking a small problem and making it a bigger problem because we lost. Had Man United drawn that game against Newcastle, Scott, you know, in the last minute there, Harry Maguire offside, off his chest or whatever, then the narrative changes, doesn't it? You can't kind of execute certain game plans as the press because it's not as bad. As soon as you lose, it happens, Scott. Go watch Sky Sports News. Sky Sports News is a 24-hour run of this. I saw yesterday, Scott, just to kind of pivot a little bit from that, talking about the Jim Ratcliffe thing and everything. And it was all about, oh, well, how is this going to change? This is clearly not a change, is it? You know, it's just the same old, same old. How do you know? You don't know. But when it was Qatar a few weeks ago, it was the greatest thing in the world. Man United are going to rule the universe again. So we have to understand. No, it's the 25% thing that is, Rob. I get it. People have not looked into it closely enough. Like... I think they've looked into it, Scott, and it doesn't work with the news, so they just don't talk about it. They know what it is. We all know what it is because we've all looked into it. So if you're moderate, you're okay. But if you're looking for sensationalism, then it's easy to go, oh, what's happening here? What's going to happen? Well, of course, we're all expecting there for new information that coming out about that. But it's also the same with the first team, Scott, is that if you see that Marcus Rashford has a 60 minutes like he had against Newcastle, it's very easy to start writing headlines of about disruption, di- conjecture, people falling out, because we do know that some of it is true, tiny amounts of it are true, but to blow it up into a bigger story, you do different things. That's what's happened to the mainstream news. That's what it is, and that's why they're being banned from the presser. So I, I'm not surprised that that's happened, but I'm glad it has, because I think that, that that's how the club has to manage itself. It has to back the manager and allow the manager to make those choices. Why should he have to sit in a presser, Scott, and justify himself again and say the same thing to the same journalists who are asking the same questions. Rubbish, isn't it? It's boring. Uh, I I think I said at the start of the season, some of the best questions in the pressers in recent times have come from fan channels in there. There's been people in there who've asked better questions about tactics and about intention and all of that. Some of the paid journalists who are some of the more well-known ones haven't asked good questions. It's just doing about... Can we stir the pot and get another headline out of it? That's what we're looking at at the moment. Um, Where do you want to steer this? Where do you want to steer this one, Rob? Where should we go? Well, I think we have to go from Newcastle to Chelsea. That's the transition here. And also all the stuff in the middle there about why people are, are not happy. I know you, Scott, you're very black and white. Like you're saying, putting it all on the players. I'm with you with that. I think that, I think the culture at the football club has to start, where you bring in players that that give well, you a I culture. say I say all on the players, players, players currently. This is on the club as a whole for not, you know, yeah, for allowing this to grow and to rear its ugly head every eighteen months. Yeah. But obviously, they they can't do anything about that until January. So where we stand at the moment is I, I'm not in the boat of I, I don't think Eric Ta- Eric Ten Hag is gonna <clears throat> be able to survive this. Really, I mm. I, I don't know when. But I'm sure at some point, even if the ownership changes, that now is at a point where it's gone so far that they have to start fresh with somebody else, um, which is damning. But what I would like to see, really, is instead of falling 
to the players' whims if this is the case all the time. And obviously, we haven't had Eric Ten Hag's uh, press conference yet. Mm. Maybe he will come out and say it's all lies. Maybe the, we'll see. Um, but then if he's going to play the same players that have been letting him down over and over again, he, he's culpable as well. So we, we see it That's everywhere, it. Rob. Like there, yeah. there is, there's not one thing wrong. Everything is wrong. And everything leads back to one place, but everything you can pick holes in. And ultimately that is why United are failing. Uh, absolutely. A couple of things to say about that. If if he comes out in his presser and says it's all lies, do you know what he needs to do, Scott? He needs to get the senior members of the squad to come and sit on that press conference with him, Marcus, Bruno, whoever you want it to be, and they all need to sit there and they all need to fight together in that presser and say, no, we back this manager now. No, that's unconventional. We don't see that happen in football. But if that's the truth, and say like there has been a reaction here at Manchester United that lies are being told, that players are not talking to the press, that players are not leaking things, then do you know what, Scott? They need to sit in front of a microphone and say it. Yeah, sit there together, United front and say it. Don't let it just, just drift because that's what we see also from football clubs is they allow the news to happen because they're kind of always trying to fight the news cycle of wanting to win, you know, wanting to look good, wanting to say the right stuff. Go there and fight together and do it as a united front. I think also, Scott, we talk about that you're saying there the, the cycle of it. This all started for me in the Van Gaal era. Didn't really start with Moyes because Moyes was just a mess. With Van Gaal, I see very, very similar things between Van Gaal and Ten Hag, not just because they're Dutch, but it's about structure. So when Van Gaal came in, it was the same thing. He was like, this is a mess. I'm now going to go to the training ground. I'm going to rip up the football pitches. I'm going to plant new grass seed. I'm going to have new cameras installed. I'm going to have new sets, everything done here that brings United into the modern day. He did all of that. He then said, I don't like some of these players. They're off these, some of these older players. I'm going to bring in new players. He's got his daily blends and those kind of ta uh, talents in. And he started to build something over two years. Problem was, Scott, was that by the end of that two years, even though he won a trophy in that final year, don't forget Ten Hag won a trophy last year, is that you run out of gas with your tactics with what you were doing. And the things with, with Van Gaal is that he was too old to change his ways. He's just like, I do this. I've done it every football club. I don't need to change me. We need to change everything else. Now, he was right. But what happens is, Scott, is that you get the sack in the end if results don't match it. And I think with the whole thing with, at that point, was that Mourinho obviously looked like a more shiny, uh, exciting project to bring in, is that you might find with a new set of part owners is that they feel the same thing. They might come in and go, well, we kind of agree with the manager because I think United agreed with what Ten Hag was saying. But you were like, it's not working. We've won an FA Cup, but no one's happy. It's a mess. The team are playing really awful football, so we have to change something. I kind of feel that's where we are now. Is that I don't blame Ten Hag. I think that's the wrong word to use. But I do think there's things, selection-wise with Ten Hag, tactical things with Ten Hag, that he could do. And it starts maybe in this press conference. It uh, maybe starts in this press conference. It maybe starts there. Is that you, you double down. If you really believe it, you get people saying the same stuff, and you fight. Yeah, You really go in there, and you say, you don't like us. We don't like you. I don't care. This is what I'm doing. My players are running for me and my players are going to do it. And I believe in my players. Now, if he does that, Scott, cool. That's fine. Because that's that's where you start from again, isn't it? But if they're not doing it for him, Scott, do you know what you should do? You should do the opposite. 
You should go there and say, I'm dropping players. I'm going to bring some of the kids in. I'm going to, we're going to mix it up. And do you know what? If I get sacked for that, tough, because I'm not playing players that are not doing the work for me. Every manager, I, I don't know whether you're saying for him to do things tactically different. Is that what you're saying, Rob? Um, not wholly. Like I think there are parts of the, of, of the bigger picture tactically that Man United are failing at and have failed at repeatedly going back over a long period of time. So if you keep trying to do the same thing, it ain't working, Scott. What do you say? They've, they've half-backed each manager, though. They haven't done yeah. what each manager wanted to do. You look at Ange is probably the best example of it now. My mm. way or the highway, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to, everybody's going to do it. And if you don't do it, you ain't playing. So yeah, I agree. Ten Hag should probably do that. You look at all the examples of top quality coaches now that are succeeding. You look at Arteta, maybe he changed a little bit. You look at mm. Jurgen Klopp has a distinctive way of playing and had Liverpool <clears throat> essentially transformed before mm. his team actually became his team. He had some ideals and principles in there in the first place, but a lot of the players that played for him in his first game didn't last very long. Mm. And now you look at you look at Pep as well. His fullbacks weren't doing what they were doing. His goalkeeper wasn't doing what they were doing. And I'm not comparing United and City's financial might at all. I'm talking about the principle. I'm talking about how you back a manager. Yeah. You either you don't do it 50%, you either do it 0% or 100%. And I don't think you can say I know a lot of managers have been back because United have spent a lot of money, but to me, they needed to spend more or be more savvy with it and actually mm. overhaul it completely so a manager could instill his principles and his ideals completely, not half. You know? I, I, I'm with you with that. I, I, let's let's play a little bit of devil's advocate with that because I think as a manager, you build up collateral, yeah? You, you build up proof that what you're doing is right. So, I, unfortunately, I think with Guardiola, with his body of work before Man City, going to a place that's got a whole load of Barcelona guys means that you get time, you get what you want, it works better. There's a functionality there. Jurgen Klopp, I know when he went to Liverpool and pe speaking to people at Liverpool, he went there. He was like, this doesn't work. I'm doing it my way. Then over time, it worked. Then it didn't work last year. He told them that the midfield was terrible. They sold a midfielder, bought a new midfield. So that's a long period of time. Arteta, three years to blink at Arsenal with, with one FA Cup, but being honestly not a very good team, almost mid-table at times, it took three years for him to get there. Ten Hag is now in kind of coming to the end of year two. And I do think that this is when you start to decide whether that collateral has built up from that manager. Has he really earned... The, the trust and respect of people behind the scenes, both in the squad, both in the senior uh, people of the board. And, and now you're going to get a brand new element here with Ratcliffe and whoever comes with him, aren't you? So that's kind of the question there. I think the problem for Ten Hag, Scott, is that it is very much like the Van Gaal situation is that Van Gaal bought a lot of players and people forget that. Yeah, Van Gaal had strong transfer windows where he bought lots of players and tried to Change United being a kind of slow, progressive team from the back, um, left-sided centre-back, trying to play out from that area, a bit like Ten Hag does. But when it stops working, you then have to decide whether you go again and back him again. Now, I think when you look at Ten Hag, Scott, he has spent £400 million, right? So this is the devil's advocate. Irresponsibly. It, he spent 400 irresponsibly. Not him. United club have spent four hundred million. I'm with you. I'm with you because you haven't got a director of football that does those things. So that, you're totally right, and that's why the whole thing about what's going on with Ratcliffe now is is so key moving forward. Now, just just before you continue there, just just for some context for that, yeah. If Ten Hag wanted Anthony, they could yeah. have gone in for half of what they paid for him three months earlier. And yeah. We were talking about that at the time, but he did get Anthony. So like, it's his play. He did. So, 
But yeah. what that does is if the club didn't do it properly in the first place, it increases the pressure on him because they paid more, which is yeah, what we see. Everyone thinks Anthony's a flop now because he cost 80 million quid mm. or 70 odd million. Yeah, I think it would cost 40 million. differently if he was 40, 50. I, I, maybe, widely, but I, th- I do think if you bought him for 40 million, he's still giving you no production. You're still going to get people having a go at you. It's just, it's just what it is. I think the thing is, Scott, is that in the time that he's been at Man United, he has got players that he wanted, okay? Mason Mount was his signing. Andre Nana was his signing, right? You look at Martinez, who we all like, was his signing. Yeah, you've just talked there about Anthony, his signing. He has bought players he specifically wanted. The fact that United went about in a kind of crazy way of doing it is not surprised because we know that they're broken upstairs, aren't they? So, but but this manager has got probably best part of four hundred million pound worth of footballers that were his signings. Now, that hasn't improved Man United in the 80 months period. If but, I'm being completely... Talking about this. We're talking about this. Martinez hasn't played all season. He's not played, so that's a problem, isn't it? And we've had loads of injuries, so it does matter. You know, you've had loads of injuries now off the back of this, Scott. You, you, can't, throw, so you can't throw that at him when no, you can't. Martinez has been... No, Ma- I like Martinez. Know. No, but he got Martinez. And what I'm trying to say is his player, okay? So Martinez is his player. It was his... Like, he could have got... He wanted also uh, Kim, didn't he? United said no. So United probably should have gone and given him Kim. Like, we'd be better. We'd be a better team with Kim at the back. We wouldn't be talking about Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof anymore. So they didn't do that. So that's on Man United. That's not on the manager. I think when you look at this as well, is that the relationships behind the scene, and I include this with Jaden Sancho. So he's fallen out with Jaden Sancho. Jaden did a bad tweet. Jaden doesn't turn up on time for training. Jaden is culpable, but he's fallen out with Jaden. He's fallen out with Varane. He's fallen out with Casemiro. You see some of the senior players on the football pitch, Scott. Marcus Rashford, who just looks like he lives in a different airspace at the moment, doesn't he? Just not doing anything that you'd expect from him. All of that people management side of it, is as important as the transfers. It's about it all comes together. And I think that's where you talk about Guardiola, a Klopp. That's what they're experts at, Scott. They, they get rid of the, the bad players, they bring in new players, and they mesh it with the existing players. And, and it takes time to build of, that. How many players have United sold? <laughs> Not enough, like I would say. <laughs> let, let, when this... Joao Cancelo wasn't doing what Pep... and Yes, he'd buy credit at the bank by this point. When yeah. Joao Cancelo, the best fullback cool. in the Premier League, wasn't gone. doing what Pep wanted to do, he was yeah. gone. Because you're no in a position of power that. as a manager. You're in a position of power... At How do you get to that position of power? You have to You have to do it. You, you have, have to do it, it but in Can't the meantime... foster, because you're undermining you... the guy. But in the meantime, you have to somehow have a happy camp that wants to run for you, that wants to do the tactical work, that gets you results. And even if it's bad at times, it can't be bad all the time. And what we're seeing with United, Scott, is a depreciation in a performance that is radical. So even though it's same things that we've seen before, when you look at it technically, they're just not doing some things. Let's just talk quickly about the goal at Newcastle. So Newcastle played loads better than you. They deserve to win the game. There's no problem with that. When you look at the actual goal from the right-hand side coming across the box to the left, it's a complete failure of function. I think it was, was it Luke Shaw who plays the ball out to the left side of the pitch from centre-back? And then they counter-press on you and they get behind you and then Delo's there at left-back. And Delo just needs to shepherd the ball. Now, the tactic there is to follow the player and he plants his feet. So the ball goes in round him. Now, for me, I'm not blaming Delo. But these are the mo- in the moment in game situations, and then at the far post, you got a guy running in Gordon who reads what Wambasaka's bad at. Wambasaka sees him twice, lets him go, then runs, 
then it's a goal. So you'll only lose 1-0. And it shows that these kind of small details mean you lose football matches. With Man United, Scott, we are seeing tactical malfunction across the board every week. That's for the manager to decide how to change those things. Yes, it's the players. But you know what, Scott? Drop them. Drop the players that aren't doing what you want I'm them to do. I'm with you on that. It, and it go with problem. a different route. Put your. I was going to say something here well, for, for YouTube about putting something on the line here from below in your pants. Put it on the line and say, do you know what? I'm going to get sacked anyway here because these players won't do what I want them to do. So let's just do it. Do what Ranjik did. Come out and say, it's this lot. Put it on the your neck on the block and just say it and, and deal with it. I think, you know what, Scott, here, talk about Manchester United News, just going back to that point. I remember when Ranić left the one football club. One of three, club. I think. One of three or four. By the way, what was that? One of three or four uh, presses to be press representatives to be banned. Oh, really? Okay, Not that's interesting. Them. That's interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll look into that a little bit more as well. <laughs> but when Ranić was leaving the football club, he was absolutely assassinated by some of my colleagues in the press and some very, very, very good journalists. And when I spoke to those journalists afterwards, and said, why did you assassinate this guy when, when he was right? Come on, let's be honest. We know this football club back to front. It's just because that's the popular line. is because that's what players are saying. That's what the club are kind of want to put out there. They wanted to assassinate Ranić at the end of it. Unfortunately, Scott, that's the repetitive nature of Man United. Is that's what we're seeing with this coach. Is that we will get to that point that when he's sacked, there'll be a billion stories about why he was sacked. Yeah, And they're already being written. Ten has to fight back against that. Drop the players that aren't running for you. Be honest about it. If Marcus Rashford ain't running for you, Scott. Drop him. Yeah. If Jaden Sancho isn't what you need, tell him to go home and sit at home. He doesn't need to come to the training ground. Keep him on full pay and show the squad that you don't tolerate it. Don't let him be with the squad because he. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is at the moment he's there he's just he? he can't be used he is he's there yes they, they see him every day we don't see him on the on the first team training pitch but he's at Carrington every day training so we know that that's a fact not so, separate from the rest of them. he's separate from the group but they still see each other they have to still use the same facilities you know at the end of the day they're all mates you know you go see your mates at work so it is there yeah so I would have done those things differently and I said that weeks ago I was like you have to have a show of strength and I was told oh no you can't do that well of course you can do that if you're the manager so I think this is a situation that repeats over and over again at Man United. And I think with Eric Ten Hag now, he has to show that strength. Don't just parrot the same things you've said all along. Show it. Make examples and say, this play doesn't play for me this week because, you know, let's not have a week of Anthony Martial pictures on the halfway line going, boss, what am I supposed to do? And then that's the story. Be straight about it. Put Hoyland back in your team. Yeah. And don't play Martial. Simple. If that's what the, it is. The thing is, now we've now that we've seen this ban happen for the reporting that we have seen on yeah. Tuesday morning, I don't think he will be doing that. If anything, it's going to go along the lines of we're all together. Again. And and he's more likely, Scott, as we know Eric Ten Hag now after eighteen months, he's more likely to say nothing. He's quite likely to say it's a club matter. The club will put a statement out, like he did with say Mason Greenwood. You know. So that's the kind of thing. It's a it's a technical thing. The club have decided. So please talk to the club. Don't talk to me. Now I'm okay with that. With that, but I'm not okay with that if we're not getting performances and we're seeing that players are not doing what they're supposed to do. That's up to the manager then to communicate what he's seeing and what we're seeing. You can't just say the same stuff because ultimately it's your neck on the block. All I used to do at Scott. You know, they play terribly. All you go, I love them. They're great guys. They're my boys. You know, we. You know, they tried. We're not idiots. We watch the games. We're at the touchline. I see every game. So I think this is the problem is that we need this manager now to either just shift tack slightly or shift tactical tack slightly. Do something different. Do a different system. I talked about playing three at the back. Go play some three, four, three. Do something completely radical and try something new because you're four, you're four, some one, four, one. Some of the leaks today, Rob, are saying, are saying you played a diamond in midfield. What are you doing against Brighton? So, Lord knows how they're going to react to about three. Mind <laughs> you, like you say, <laughs> yeah. you say all this, they're, they're going to have to. He's, I think Ten Hag, the way that he's going to get through this, if he's going to get through this, is play the. If, if he identifies the players that are willing mm. to put in the hard yards for him and you stick by him, yeah. and the rest of them, if they're not, January's a month away, put them up for sale. And I, I don't I don't think that that will be the outcome. I don't think that'll be the case. No. But somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it because yeah. if if this is tolerated any further than this, we'll be back here in 18 months, two years. If Sir Jim Ratcliffe and the people who come in tolerate this, this club is never getting back to where it was. But you know, I don't think they will tolerate it. And I think they might, they'll just look at it through a fresh pair of eyes. And that is that some players will be worth keeping, some won't be. That's normal in any new project. But I think that they will look at, at the, the kind of more holistic is, uh, issues at Manchester United and try and work on that slowly. And that means that you won't get results immediately. And that does mean, Scott, that they might look at this manager and say, well, do you know what? You've had 18 months with the wider squad here and we 
you know, just on our own root and branch assessment is that we don't see a style of play. We don't see that you've kind of pushed on. We don't see that people are happy. That's one of the biggest things that a football club's got that the board react to is that if everyone is miserable at the football club, they tend to blame the manager because the manager's job is to find harmony and to get players running. So like, again, let's use the Liverpool example. Last year, Liverpool weren't particularly very good. We looked at the technical aspects of that, why it was. They fixed it. They've gone. They look better this year. They're still not great defensively, but they're better and they look more like a Jurgen Klopp team. People are happier again. So they've gone from being unhappy to happy. Ten Hag needs to find that now between now and the end of the season if he lasts that long. He has to make people believe in him again. He has to find results. He has to kind of make little minor miracles every week on the training ground to find new tactics that beat opponents. What we're seeing, Scott, is that you play Newcastle, who are so well drilled that they can have 10 players out and they still look better than you. That's not acceptable. That's that's on the players, but it's also on the coaching staff. I look at Steve McLaren. I look at Eric Ten Hag. They have to make those tactical choices. Rob, <laughs> tactics won't do anything if your players aren't going to try. Like I'm, I'm sorry, and this is where I'm, I'm this is where we're going to disagree. Yeah. Hmm. They will not adhere to tactical instruction if they don't care. Whether that's putting in loads of effort, whether that's staying in position, whether that's running with your man, any of that, hmm. you have to have a base of effort. You have to, and you have to. We did not see that in Newcastle. So when we talk about tactics and all this kind of stuff. To me, like you build your tactics on top of a on top of an identity. Like mm. you, you, you have to have players who are committed and willing to carry out whatever you're asking them to do, whatever it is. Has Ten Hag been successful in eighteen months in building identity? Last season, probably in terms of a ta- in terms of a style, maybe not. But you could see some elements of it. But mm-hmm. at least he had buy-in. Yeah. At least he had buy-in. I think Man United's identity, Scott, is risk and reward. So that's your identity. The reason why you're doing that is because it works at other football clubs. It's also a very Dutch modern system to be able to do that, to play risk and reward because you're relying on players' technicalities. I'm, for, I'm sorry, Scott, right? I'm, I know what you're saying. That's, that tactic is not working. If you carry on doing it, you will get sacked. Simple, yeah? That's just the way it's going now. It's not magically going to just materialise into success. When you when you talk about identity, yeah, it starts with players running and wanting to do the work. You have to find ways to get in their heads to motivate them to do it on a training ground and then replicate it in games. What we do know about this squad, Scott, is that they are mentally weak as a collective. The most highest paid ones and the lowest paid ones. Now, that is a toxic blend for any manager. So he has to make changes, Scott. Tactical changes, you have to change your first team about how your, your outlook on it. Scott, go play some low blocks. Go play slower. You can do this stuff. It's in your power. But he won't do it because he has he does have stubborn values. It was a bit, again, let's say like Van Gaal. Van Gaal had stubborn values until he got sacked. He was, all right, I've gone now. Goodbye. It's up to the next manager to sort this out. I kind of feel that with Ten Hag. I think that might be where we go, is that when he gets sacked, there'll be that bounce, is that someone will come in and they'll love him. It'll be like Postacoglu effect. Do you know what I mean? You get someone that talks the talk. Mm-hmm. Postacoglu is having problems now, isn't he? Like, I see this, is that it's not these players aren't running, they are running, just a tactically weak, tactically weak collective, tactic, bad tactics from the touchline, you're going to lose games now. You know, how many they lost? That's not the right time to say that, they just drew at Man City. Did they not lose? Well, they drew, did they, it was a draw at Man City, yeah, but you look at the last, what was it, four defeats on the spin before that, okay? So there's four defeats on the spin at Man United, oh my God, like, you know, that would be the news headlines forever, wouldn't it? So it's easier for Postacoglu and Spurs. 
But we liked what we saw with Spurs in the early weeks because they were doing stuff. Now they've hit a brick wall because they had some injuries. So Eric Ten Hag has hit that brick wall. And I think he hit that brick wall, Scott, last season. He didn't hit it this season. He hit it at the end of last season. Man United were poor in the, the final weeks of the season. Do we all agree on that? You know, going to the end, when you won the League Cup, Man United suddenly clocked off. They haven't clocked back on yet, Scott. So you have to ask the manager why. You have to say, you're telling us that your players are running for you and they believe. And he says every week, you know, I, I, they're brave. My boys are brave. No, they're not. They're not. We're watching the games. So... To an extent, Scott, the manager has to take responsibility for that and find a way. And for me, that comes through dropping players. Be strong. Drop I the agree, players. I agree with you on that. Drop yeah. the players that ain't doing it yet and don't feel bad about it. And if you lose games because they're not doing it, tell the world, tell a journalist, tell the fans, I, what am I supposed to do? Marcus Rashford ain't running for me. I don't need to play him because he's on 350 grand a week. You know, he did it to Jaden. So do it to others. Like they do it, you know, stick to it. And I think that's part of the the lack of harmony at United is that the players do see that and go, well, hang on, why why does it count for one player like this and one player like that? Is it favouritism? Is it not? I don't think it's that. I think the manager's trying to win games and pick the right team. I don't think he's picking the right team every week, Scott. Even in pre-season, Scott, we watched it and we were like, some of this doesn't feel right. I don't know what he's trying to do, but he's trying to do something, but it doesn't feel right. And it's not felt right since Scott. So that has to be on him. And you can't just ignore it because it's tactics. And it's the players don't choose the tactics at the end of the day. So, you know, I don't see what a McLaren brings to the mix anymore. Like I look at him and, and McLaren sits there like this most of the time. You know, you're not seeing coaching. You're not seeing involvement. So it's hard work for Ten Hag. I feel sorry for him. And I really do have, I, I pity him because he's in the same cycle that a lot of Man United managers have found themselves. Unfortunately, if you're if you're Radcliffe, you're going to come in, you're going to assess that, and you're going to say, "Yeah, players need to go because they're big time Charlies and they're soft." But I'm not quite sure the manager. Do I want to give this guy another 400 million because he's just had 400 million? And the and thing he is, didn't you don't work. Like, you know, he, he fell out you with set the your philosophy players. above the manager, hmm? and it's in line. If you set your philosophy above the manager, yeah. this is the club philosophy. I'm going to employ managers who have a similar philosophy, and you buy yeah. from the philosophy. Yeah, you won't have to keep buying and ch changing your tact for every manager you hire. I get that. I get that. And I think that you, you try and stick through managers and players through thick and thin. I think that's a general prospectus, a way of how you do stuff. I do, I'll use one more example here, which I think is a really good example. Is you look at, say, Tottenham and Pochettino, is that Pochettino and Levy had a really good relationship. Yeah, They're kind of like in terms of communication and all of this. And it... it Pochettino built that team from the ground up. It was a kind of rotten team. He had one or two really good pieces in the terms of someone like uh, Harry Kane. You, you then bring in uh, a better structure at director of football level and you improve to the point, Scott, where you get to a Champions League final over a period of time. Yeah, So you've gone from a team 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, not very good on a journey to there. Pochettino suddenly didn't become a bad manager that following season. The year he won, he got to the Champions League final, he spent zero pounds, the first and last time it's ever happened, that a team spent no money in the summer. And yet he made it work. So he built up that kind of acumen there. The following season, Scott, some dodgy form, his best mate, Daniel Levy, who likes him, sacked him. So even in that situation where harmony has been created over a long period of time, guess what? You still lose your job. Do you know why, though? Do you know why they sacked him? He called what? for a rebuild so long in advance. So from, long. But he used to say it. every year. Every he year. He didn't do it. 
He, he, he asked for more money every year, and Tottenham rightfully said to him, didn't buy anyone for two well, years. They didn't buy anyone because they just built, built a, a, a stadium that cost a billion quid or more. So, like, there was a reason for it. So, the manager's right to talk about that. And I think Ten Hag did it as well for a bit. We talked about bringing in new culture, new players. Then Ten Hag got to a point, Scott, where he goes, oh, I quite like my players. He said that quite a lot. I don't believe him, but that's what he's saying. I think he's kind of saying it to, to try and create harmony. Um, but like there with Tottenham is that even when you got to a Champions League final by spending no money, you still got sacked a year later. So I don't think Ten Hag's built up that credit. I really don't. I think when you watch the football, I don't think people but, are watching Robert, it. How going, can anybody build up credit if after every 18 months, the, the players just fall out of it? No matter what it is. Ollie yeah. was too soft. Ten Hag was too hard. Ranik was too publicly... Critical. Yeah. Mourinho was too publicly critical before Ollie. So you had to jump from Mourinho being too harsh to Ollie, who put his arm around you, back to Ra- mm. back to whoever whoever was next. Was that that was, was well, that, after Ollie? Ranick. That was Ranick, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah, was. yeah. There were so many bloody managers. Yeah. Um, you jumped to Ranick, and then Ranick mm. tells you publicly what you need to do: open heart surgery. What did you do? Get rid of him. Ten Hag needs to do that. Blame. Ten Hag needs to do that. Ten Hag needs to, if, if Ten Hag believes... It's not on Ten Hag, though, really. No, it's, it's not on him, but Ten Hag it's his wanted job. Harry Maguire to go. Yeah. Ten Hag wanted Scott McTominay to go. Ten Hag wanted other players to go. They can't sell them. They can't sell them because of the board and because of the functionality above Ten Hag. So it's not Ten Hag's fault. Ten Hag's job, Scott, is to get results. You're not getting results. It will be on his neck. So that's just unfortunate, but that's the way it is. And that is the cycle of football at every football club. Let's not pretend not that any wrong. manager... Isn't. Not at every club. Not at every club. Give me an example where it doesn't, doesn't work and do not give me City or Arsenal. Liverpool or Arsenal. Don't Arsenal. give me those clubs. No, because they, they have gone on a different journey. They gave our, they gave Arteta three years and Arteta... Didn't do you remember look... the noise? Piers yeah. Morgan was saying, get rid of Arteta. The same thing he's doing about Eric Ten Hag now. Arsenal fans screaming that they wanted Arteta gone. Get rid of Arteta. You know, what are you doing with our team? It's horrible football. So you get over the hump. And for Arsenal, it was because they changed some of that upstairs structure to support the manager. And they did that. And they stuck together as a unit. They went, right, we're going to get rid of these players. We're going to bring in some new players, bring in young players. I think that's the key to a lot of this stuff is that over time, bringing hungry players on the first contract, something Ranić talked about extensively. And you do that. Now, that t- takes time. If Ratcliffe comes in and sees that with this manager, great. But I also think that Ratcliffe might come in and just go, okay. But there's a toxicity at the club still. So we have to kind of cut it out from the top. Like you talked there about cutting out a cancer. I think with Man United, they are a team of blocked arteries. Is that they want it all to flow, but they just it doesn't flow. So you have to go and find players that help They don't that. do it properly. They don't do it properly. And, and, I, and when, I think... you, when you're saying to me, tell me a team that isn't Man City, Liverpool or Arsenal. They're the teams United get compared to. Yeah, and we should and, be and on their level. And you should compare them. And you should Absolutely. be on the same level as them. And they're not. Absolutely. And that comes from ownership. So like that, that, that's why that's the next step for this project. And that's why when I've talked about Radcliffe, I've talked positively because I think that gives you an opportunity to do that. And we've not gone in hard on Ten Hag at all. And I don't think we, we ever have. And, I, and I'm not going to because there are things at play here that, that are not great. It's, he's almost operating with one hand behind, me, behind his back, Scott. But if he leaves tomorrow... Yeah, and his legacy is four hundred million pounds. And in his final season in December, he's lost eleven games across all competitions. 
you, you can't just say, oh, well, it wasn't his fault. Part of it yeah, is his fault. It's half the story, Rob, we've just had this It's half the story, exactly. And that's why we try and turn, talk around the subject. Unfortunately, that is the popular, that's the popular narrative. That's the easy thing to say. How it will he be remembered. 400 million quid. Yeah. Didn't do the entire job, though, did no. they? No. And I'm sure that you'd be seeing players really trying a lot harder if a, yeah. if a lot of them that weren't trying hard were shipped out. Out, out of 10, Scott, right, let's do this as to kind of wrap the show. Out of 10, right, he's had multiple central windows now. All of his signings, forget the things that haven't happened, that have happened, players that United wanted, didn't want. Do you? What would you give out of 10 for his whole signings in totality in 18 months? Out of 10. How many of the, like Rob, it's, it's so reductive it, to say that. It is that. reductive, like, but, but it is. Like, it's simplifying it, things. You're putting me on the spot here on a podcast where I have to think about 12, 15 players. Half of them who were signed on loan or free transfers, by exactly. the way. So, so yeah, forget the loans. I'm not interested in Vegas. I'm talking about your major signings. So I, I, I'll answer the question for you, Scott, so you don't have to. I would say at probably at best, because of the kind of money you spent out of 400 million, I'd say you've got about four or five out of 10 in general. I like Martinez. Uh, I think Anana will come good. Like I'm still stuck there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come good. Like there is always that chance because he's that type of goalkeeper. But I think when you look across the squad, you look at the Anthony, you look at the Mason Mounts, these players have not had maybe the impact that you wanted them to have. And then you've also got all the dregs, like the Sabitzers and the Veghorst. You had to sign them because you were short on players. Um, I think when you lost Ronaldo, Scott, you needed to find a way towards something different. And I think that took too long to be honest. I think that's why we see now Rasmus Hoyland's getting a lot of flack. And I think you have to trust Hoyland to play him in your team. So please don't drop him for Newcastle. Please play him. So you made those choices for those players. And I think what we're now going to see, Scott, and United fans are not going to like it, Anthony's going to start starting games again, isn't he? And he's going to come back in your team. So you're going to have to suck that up, United fans. And if you lose games, Scott, guess what's going to happen? Yeah, United fans are going to go wild. Yeah, the press are going to go wild because it's your signings. So I don't think over 18 months his signings have been fantastic. I think they've been all right. I liked the signings at the start of the season, early in the window. I didn't like the end of the window. And I think you've ended up bringing in an Amrabat to use as a six. You don't use him. He sits on the bench. He looks a bit miffed, doesn't he, at the moment? He's maybe not as good as you'd hoped he was. But this manager knows Amrabat. He, he knows Mason Mount. He knows because of the, he worked with him bloody 10 years ago. And he, and he knows Anthony. And he knows his former Ajax players. He knows his players. They're his target. He knows Malassia. He knows his players. Now, now you haven't had some of them because of injury. And that does count. But I think as a body of work over 18 months for a window, or well, those one, two, three windows, it's not hot. You haven't improved the squad. So I think that's how some of this will be judged. And if you lose games, that is exactly how you are judged. It's half the story, you're right. But It's half the story, but it's the headline of the story. It and that's is, unfortunate. Unfortunately, and until they actually yeah. dig into what the issue is, mm. this will keep happening. And yeah. that's why I'm not criticising Ten Hag. Because no, everybody's bloody doing it. Everybody is criticizing the manager and trying to come forward with an actual explanation of how they fix the entire thing, not hmm. the manager, because it is so boring. Gary yeah. Neville, the other day, I'm bored of covering. So am I. I know Gary Neville's yeah. been in this a hell of a lot longer than I have. So am I. Yeah. It's, it's really, really difficult to do it. It's really difficult to have the same conversation with people who don't understand what the hell's going on at this football club. I'm, like, I'm bored of it as well. I'm bored of it as well, but he, he's got to be able to change the things within his remit, Scott, that he can change. That is the team selection and the tactics. And yes, we can talk about all the rest of it, toxicity till we're blue in the face, but the manager has to manage that day to day to day to day on training ground. And there is a failure of function there. And unfortunately, he's the one who pays for it with his job. And, and it's sad, 
But that's what every football club does. Every football club, uh, if it part fails... Of me, Rob, hmm? Part of me would love, right? And I'm yeah. so against this in, in general. Part of me would love Antonio Conte to come in for six months and oh, for God. him to absolutely tear it down. I would. No. Part of me would love it, honestly. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so off-piste. It's so against everything that United should be trying to trying mm. to implement this kind of thing. Yeah, we Conte went to Chelsea and did exactly the same thing, right? He took that team and he won the league the first year and everyone was shocked, right? Because Conte can do magical things like that out of nothing. But you don't... The reason why you don't get a Conte is that if you do want to build like City, if you do want to build like Liverpool, that's the aspiration. Because that's I'm, not, I'm not saying get Conte, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I would like to see it. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see that if you do decide that this manager isn't the right manager for you with the new people coming in with Ratcliffe and whatever. We've not even talked about the potential director of football, which is like quite an important part here. But if you do decide that, that you actually go and get someone a bit like Ten Hag still. That, that, that It's kind of that profile. You, you still do need discipline. You need tactical elements. You need to be able to do stuff. I always, I didn't rate Poster Cogley Scott because I always thought it was a bit airy-fairy with those things. Like I said, when you come to the Premier League, he might struggle. And I think now he, he is going to struggle, though he started off brilliantly. And people love him because he's an Aussie and, you know, he kind of gives you the crack and all of that stuff. Fantastic. But I actually want a kind of young coach to build from the bottom up. And that's maybe where you end up going, is that you go... Isn't that go, the guy that you just bloody... <laughs> and that's Ten Hag, isn't you it? just employed. That's Ten Hag, exactly. But you're 18 months into the rot. So this is the thing, is that you don't get the same thing at the start of a project where you just wait and wait and wait. Like, you can have defeats, but then you have to turn a corner at some point. I think, Scott, these players, yeah, get rid of some of them, but you have to find better tactics than what we're seeing. Like, I'm sorry. Go back to 4-2-3-1 and be boring. Yeah, put a double pivot in and look after the football. They don't do it, Scott. They play risk and reward. That's that is the know. manager's tactic and it fails. So you have to find different ways. And I like Ten Hag. I'm, not, I'm never going to say I don't like him. I don't think it's his fault. But I'd say the same things about other managers as well, like Ole. I'd say the same thing. Like I'd go, Ole plays 4 2 3 1 because he has to. Like, because if he plays 4 3 3, we get beaten by six. <laughs> and we're seeing the same thing, aren't we, with this manager? And he's supposedly a more tactical savvy manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So uh, I feel sorry for Ten Hag. That's why I sympathise with him, because I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You don't see his tactics because you have players that don't want to do it. And that's that's the that's the bottom line for me. But un unfortunately, Eric Ten Hag has to find a way to do it. Otherwise, he, he will find himself in the same situation as everybody else. And it feels like we're already at a point of no return. We did a show the other week about Ten Hag's being on his last legs. They, mm. they won a few games in a row. I don't know if if somebody comes in who knows how to run a football club properly and they rip everything up to start yeah. again and it includes the manager fine but if if this is the same if this was the same people running this running this club mm. who were going to remain in charge for the next 18 months or something like that I would say just go down with him and absolutely back him mm. but you know we uh, one thing I'll just say on the back of that is that I agree with that. I do totally agree with that. I think the problem with that, and this is again devil's advocate, is that if Rackett comes in and doesn't change a lot of things, kind of sticks with the plan with the manager, then you are going to get a ton of blowback for that if things don't don't improve. So you have to change things with the squad. Absolutely. That is sign-ins. That's transfer windows. That's changing the kind of the barometer to where you want to be. 
we're kind of supposed to have already done that. Like, it was kind of supposed to have already been there. Uh, we can't blame Richard Arnold for absolutely everything that we see on a football pitch, right? We can't. Some of it, the culture, yes, absolutely, and the culture is rotten. But I do think Jim Ratcliffe comes in and says, yeah, this is my guy, and then sticks with him for a year and say it doesn't work, is that people will be calling for Jim Ratcliffe to be out the football club like that. No, yeah, he right? weakens his hand. I don't, I don't think they should rush that, personally. I don't think they should rush it, and I, and I don't think they will rush it, and, and I think that they probably will like a Ten Hag-type character at the helm, but then there has to be perfect communication. There has to be an ideology between all of them, a bit like I've said before about Guardiola and the Barcelona guys at City, is that you've got that cohesion before you even start. I'm not sure that Eric Ten Hag's ever had that at Man United. I'm not sure... Like he says what he wants and he gets some of it and he doesn't get all of it. But I think that's like that at every football club, Scott. You, not every manager gets absolutely every player they want. You have to change your tactics to make it work over time and find the right players that come in. You know, if you want a second striker at Man City, you can't spend a load of money after you just bought, Al- uh, after you just bought Haaland. You buy Alvarez for 14 million. That's your scouting network that works. Man United don't have that. That's part of the problem is that Ten Hag is having to go to an Amrabat, isn't he? Because He's not finding a Lavia in the market, you know. So then you go to a Manu because he's in your in your I'm squad already. Finding a Lavia is right there in front of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's it's the philosophy of how you operate. That is a big part of this problem upstairs, and that's hard for Ten Hag because I think he's fighting against that. He shouldn't be the director of football, Scott, at the club, and kind of is, isn't he? He's deciding. Hmm. Like he even said there, we listened before, didn't we? Talks about culture, and he, there was no culture before I came here. There was no plan. He's right. He's absolutely right. We didn't really have a plan. And there still isn't one there. So he's trying to impact those things while still winning football matches. That's really, really tough on any manager. No manager should have that strategy capability at the very top. Fergie is gone. Those days are gone. You don't have managers that can do that anymore. You have coaches and he's a coach. He needs to coach this team to just be better. Stop the ball going in the net and try and play a brand of football that isn't risk and reward. That's it. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube as well. The Promise and the Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment and hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. And follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube. And at TPLMUFC. I changed it on Twitter. Uh, it is much easier. TPLMUFC. Nice and easy. Uh, the Promise and MUFC. There you go. Give us a follow. And we'll be back after the Chelsea game, which I'm sure will be an absolute mess. Um, looking forward to that. Not, <laughs> can't wait. Are you going, Rob? No, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, Cold, I don't want. I don't want to talk about it. Like, put it this way. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm not going. Like, the thing is, like, I, I, this isn't my uh, fandom or anything like that. No, I'm not going. This lot need to sort it out. Yeah, sort themselves out, all of them. Yeah, and that, we support this lot through thick and thin, don't we? Yeah, we're there through the good times and the bad times, and there's been many, many more bad times. At the moment, this lot need to sort themselves out. Chelsea are going to turn up, Scott, massively motivated. If you're not motivated, what are you going to do? Yeah, find a way to be better. And I'm going to say this on camera at the end of our show: drop Marcus Rashford, drop him now, and sit him on the bench and give him a hug, big cuddle. You're on the bench, mate, because you're not playing good enough on the football pitch that's it it doesn't have to be deeper than that you don't have to worry about the storyline go and put players out there that will do your work and do your tactics just final thing United's statement on their act at the start of the oh show go for it talked about. Uh, we're taking action against a number of news organizations today not for publishing stories we don't like but mm. for doing so without contacting us first to give us the opportunity to comment challenge or contextualize we believe this is an important principle to defend and to defend and hope we can lead 
it can lead to a reset in the way we work together. So uh, there you go. That is, interesting. that is an interesting outcome there. We await Ten Hag's press conference. I do think United feel like they're losing that battle, hence why they've done that, you see, because it's all very well saying that, Scott, but United have been the puppet masters of that for many years about putting out stuff in the press that they want to be seen out there uh, to be either done or against their own players or against someone else, yeah, and they do it like a Ranić, like we talked there. Ranić got assassinated because of Man United. Because they they push that narrative, so it's all very well that they don't like it now that some of it's being reported. But I also do think that that they should have a better relationship with the press in terms of that. And and you should by by default contact the club if you have a story like that and ask them directly for comment, even if they give no comment. That is the right way to do it. There we go. See you soon, everyone. We'll be back after the Chelsea game to un- probably talk about another defeat. Uh, but we will see. Maybe that maybe they'll turn up since it's in front of the home fans. Anyway, see you soon for another Promised Land. Thanks for listening and uh, give us a follow on the social season. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.